Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. This is a bolt. I hold a bolt in my hand. I don't know if you can see it. It's pretty small. It's pretty small. But it's a bolt off of my motorbike. Can you believe it? And the reason I have it today is because of a moment that took place in my life just this week. It's amazing how God can use the little things to speak to you. It's amazing. I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm a preacher. I'm always looking for illustrations, but I see God in everything. And I was trying to uh, tighten or wanting to tighten the seat on my motorbike. For some strange reason, the seat on my motorbike had got loose. I'd be driving it along and, you know, just kind of, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know why it got loose, but it got loose. And I'm not a mechanic. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a mechanic. Luke, you know I'm not a mechanic. But I thought, I reckon I can tighten this up. I reckon I can fix the problem of the loose seat on my motorbike. And so I thought, what I need is a socket set. And so I, I, I reached for my trusty socket set. And if my little helper here can can hand me that. So I went to the socket set. Everyone, everyone knows what a socket set is? It's, it's a set of sockets, <laughs> basically. That, that's about all I got for you. But yeah, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a mechanic, but, but inside this socket set are just different sized and shape sockets. And, and I thought this will this be easy. So I, I'm looking through my sockets and I realised too big. That's okay, there's more than one socket. So I start going through all my sockets and I'm like looking at this one, <laughs> definitely too big. <laughs> and, and so then I thought, I'll go to the other end and I'll try the smallest one in here. And guess what, the smallest one, too big. Every one of these sockets in here, as good as they are, as well made as they are, says made in Taiwan, I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> But none of them fitted. They weren't the right shape. They weren't the right size. And so I had to get rid of my trusty socket set and get my other trusty socket set. <laughs> my Stanley socket set, which contains smaller sockets within the set. Steep, I know. That's why I'm, I'm going slow for the non-mechanical people out there. And as you can see, same, same, but oh so different. Yeah. Socket, set, but with smaller yeah. sockets. And so I started doing the same deal. And guess what? First one, still too big. Are you kidding me? Next one, still too big. I know what I'll do. I'll go to the, I'll go to the smallest one. Guess what? Can you believe it? Too small. So seriously, how can such an easy job be so hard? And I started thinking maybe at mechanic trade school, they have a day set aside to learn how to use the socket set. I don't know, but I was not enrolled in that school. And then I kept trying, kept persisting. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I got a socket from the set that fitted the bolt 
perfectly. It was kind of like it was made, designed, shaped and purposed for this bolt. Who knew that there was someone out there that made a socket just the right size for this bolt? I thought, this is flippin' amazing. And then I've, I've seen enough people do this before to know what I need to do. I need, I need to get the ratchet. I hope that's what it's called. <laughs> and I, and I, I put the ratchet on there. I thought, wow, I'm a mechanic. <laughs> so, I was so flippin' pleased with myself at this point. But then I realised, as good as this socket was, as well shaped and sized as it was, as good a fit as it was, it still needed a hand. It still needed a helping hand in order for the bolt to be tightened. In other words, as good as this socket was, it was made, planned, shaped and purposed for such a bolt as this, (laughs) but utterly useless unless someone came along and used the ratchet. Without that helping hand, this socket was absolutely useless. Although it was planned, purpose and shaped for this bolt. And I don't know if you recognise where I'm going with this, but I had a God drop in that moment. That as good as this socket was, as well purposed, shaped it was, it still needed a helping hand. Of all the sockets in this set, this was the appointed one. I mean, if we named them, I mean, if we named this guy Peter, yeah. and Peter's looking at the other, I don't know, I think there's probably 12 in here. And we could, we could name them, Bartholomew and Philip and James and John, but none of them could fit that bolt. This was a job for Peter. But as good as Peter is, Peter still needed a helping hand. And so it is with you and I. Every one of us has been purposed. Every one of us has a God shape. Every one of us has a leaning towards certain things in certain ways. That's by God's design. It's what we call here a God shape. You and I have been shaped by God. There is a creator, just like someone created this socket set with different shapes and sizes. So He's created us with different shapes and sizes and gifts in order to do different jobs, in order to tighten and loosen different bolts, if you will. But as good as that God shape is, it's utterly useless without the hand of God on our lives. I believe that God called me to be in ministry. I believe God has called me to be a pastor. I believe it's my God shape to do what I do and do what I've been doing for the last 30 years. But I know this, I can't do it without His hand. I can't do it without His touch. I can't do it without a daily impartation 
of the hand of God at work in my life. And so the title of my message real quickly is this, A Helping Hand. If you're taking notes, write this, A Helping Hand. You see, the hand and the help of God is what the Bible calls the anointing. Everyone say the anointing. The anointing. The hand and help of God is the anointing. The anointing simply means to authorise. Everyone say authorise. God wants to authorise you. He wants to set you apart. He wants you to be a person for a particular work of service. That's what anointing means. And when we go into our part of the meeting, where we're anointing you with oil. We're believing that you're being set apart this year. We're believing God has a particular work for you to do in 2024. And it may involve things you've never done before. This is exciting. This is fun. This is awesome. Being a Christian is anything but boring. Oh my goodness me. I've been frustrated as a Christian. I've been angry as a Christian. I've been joyful as a Christian. I've been all kinds of emotions as a Christian. But one thing I've never been as a Christian is bored. I've never been bored as a Christian. And this anointing that we're going to believe will will be imparted to us. The anointing is simply the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's the supernatural ability to get the job done. So just like this socket was called, made, formed and fashioned, to loosen and tighten certain bolts, it still needs a helping hand. As good as a fit as it is, and as good as a fit you are, we still need the hand of God in our life. And this hand of God in our life is the anointing. And the anointing comes through the third person of the Godhead, Holy Spirit. And He's here this morning to empower us and to help us to do what we struggle to do in our own strength. If you feel that you're in a season where you've got to do things that don't come naturally and you struggle with, hey, you're in the right room today because we're going to believe with a fresh anointing we come a fresh grace and a fresh strength in your life to do what you've struggled with and when you do what you've been struggling with and you realise this is not natural, this is not normal, then we give Him praise, then we give Him glory, then we give Him the honour again and again and again. I thank God for the incredible privilege I have had alongside my wife in leading this church for many, many years. But I recognise my boast is not in myself. Yes, God's called me. Yes, God's graced me. Yes, God has shaped me. But it's there, but for the grace of God, go I goes Kath. And I want you to know that we are nothing in and of ourselves. Anything we've been able to do, any blessing we've been able to be is because of the hand of God, the anointing of God, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we see this in the life of Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 14. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee. I love this. In the power of the Spirit. This is after spending a few days in the desert, being tempted and tested by the devil. And he overcame with the Word of God. 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 And when the devil was sick and tired of trying to tempt Jesus and Jesus didn't take the bait, he ticked off. And Jesus comes back. He comes back different. Because up until this moment, Jesus had not done any ministry. 
He'd been alive for 30 years, living a sinless life, but he hadn't done any ministry as of yet. But that, that, that was a game changer. He came back full of the power of the Spirit. Jesus was and is and forever will be the Son of God. But when He was on earth for some 33 years, He put aside His divinity. He picked up His humanity and He lived and He overcame every temptation that you and I have ever faced. And He overcame as a Spirit-filled man in order to show us how to live. He didn't overcome as the Son of God. He overcame as a Spirit-filled man. He put aside His divinity and He allowed the Holy Spirit to lead Him by the hand. And He came back from the desert, empowered by the Spirit. And news about Him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised Him. He went to Nazareth where He had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, He went into the synagogue as was His custom. Church, listen to me. Jesus went to church every week. And if it's good enough for Jesus... It's good enough for me. If there's one person who never had to go to church, I think it's Jesus. And whenever Jesus does something He doesn't have to do, you have to ask yourself this question, why did He do it? And the reason He did it it was for us as an example to follow. So Jesus went to church every week. Guess what He wants for us? To go to church every week. He said, and He stood up to read... I love this. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, it says he found the place where it was written. How many of you know where certain things are in the Bible? Uh, Where's that? Where's that scripture? Where's John 3.16? I don't even know where John, you know, it's a little joke in there somewhere. But Jesus had such an understanding of the Word of God, he knew where certain things were written. And so he goes to the scroll of Isaiah. Because remember, they didn't have Bibles like we do. They didn't even have a New Testament at this stage. Jesus was just creating stories for the New Testament. says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. I love this, that Jesus does a couple of things here and I want to highlight them very quickly. The first thing He does is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus was known as Jesus Christ and Christ means anointed one. He wasn't just a a, a normal, natural person. He was anointed. The second thing that stands out to me about this passage is that he said he was anointed to do. He wasn't anointed just to sit. He wasn't anointed just to get the feels. He wasn't anointed just to hang a little bit longer, to linger just a little bit longer. He was anointed because he had a job to do. And as a result of Jesus being anointed, He was anointed to preach the good news. He was anointed to proclaim freedom for the captives. He was anointed to release the oppressed. I believe God wants to anoint us. 
Just as we see it in the life of Jesus, so He wants to do it in our lives. Not only do we see it in the Scripture in the life of Jesus, we see it in the life of the first church. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, just like this. And suddenly, uh, like, uh, sorry, sorry, (laughs) suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This day, the day of Pentecost, changed the first church. It changed the disciples' lives and it can change ours too. The Holy Spirit showed up that day in a powerful way. A powerful demonstration. There was wind. <laughs> Crazy. Imagine right now if this wind started blowing. Who opened the door? It's just, like, just wind. Then tongues of fire resting on people's heads. Then they started speaking in a heavenly language. They started speaking in tongues. And all that happened on the inside of the upper room. Because I believe that is an illustration of what God wants to do on the inside of us. The wind, the fire, the tongues, that was what was taking place on the inside of the upper room. But you know what? After that moment, when they went downstairs, it wasn't about the wind. It wasn't about the fire. It was about a job to be done. Their public demonstration was a display of something that took place on the inside. And you and I will only ever be as strong as we are on the inside. If you're not strong on the inside and try and be strong on the outside, you're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going to burn out. Anxiety is going to get the best of you. Way back in the Old Testament, when God had asked Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. He said, be strong. He didn't say do strong. Why? Because you can only do strong as much as you be strong. Today is a be strong moment. We're going to believe that God imparts something into us, that we can leave church today and we can leave changed. We can leave different. We can see things in a different light and in a different way. See, these things, tongues, fire and wind, these were not the evidence of the Holy Spirit. These were the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's what they did afterwards that was the evidence. And we see that the anointing comes to do a few things in our life. And I don't have a lot of time left on the clock, but let's just look at a few right now. Number one is this, the anointing brought them courage. Everyone say, courage. Courage. Verse 14 of Acts chapter 2, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. This is Peter. Peter was locked away in a room, afraid of people. 
And now here he is addressing the people. What changed? The anointing. The power of the third person, the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. The anointing wants to come and bring a boldness and a courage in your life. The anointing doesn't want to come and just leave you locked in the room and have more fire, more wind, more tongues. And you pray for me, I'll pray for you. Then you pray for me, then I'll pray for you. Then you pray for me, then I'll pray for you. Then you pray for me, then I'll pray for you. Oh, that felt so good. You pray for me again, I'll pray for you. That's not what God intended. That's not what God intended. I was thinking about this whole thing of tongues. You know, when they went down into the people, I don't think they were speaking in tongues. They were speaking in other languages. If I spoke fluent French because of the anointing, you wouldn't say that's tongues. You'd say, wow, God anointed me to speak fluent French, which is amazing because I've never learned French. It's not tongues at that moment. It's something different. It's something active and helpful to helping people. It changes from a heavenly language to a language that is helpful to people. And they spoke in languages they'd never learnt, which isn't necessarily tongues. It's a miracle. It's what takes place when the anointing fills your life. And that's what the anointing is. It empowers you to do what you can't naturally do. If you can't speak French, but find yourself speaking fluent French, guess what? Anointing. If you find yourself ripping off the city gates, putting them on your back and running a marathon and you can't do that naturally, you know what that is? It's the anointing that came on Samson. If you find yourself like me being a very impatient person, but you find yourself having a track record of patience because you hang around the same people for a long period of time, think, wow, you've taken an impatient person like me and anointed me to be patient. Oh my God, that's not natural. I'm not a patient person. I don't know that I ever will be left to my own devices. But the anointing changes that. You might be an unforgiving person by nature. I'll never forgive that person. And you may be an unforgiving person by nature for the rest of your life. But when you invite the anointing into your life, you find yourself doing things I would not normally do. I don't know why. I just, I just feel like I just feel I can now forgive. I, I'm not a forgiving person by nature, but but somehow supernaturally the anointing has got a hold of me, and I find myself doing things I wouldn't normally do. I would not normally forgive you. I would normally punch you in the face. Anointing. I love the stories of transformation. I love the stories of change. But church, what we see here is the evidence of the Holy Spirit is a bunch of cowardice, scared, fearful men and women who were locked in an upper room, burst the doors open and started speaking. Peter uses language like this. This Jesus whom you crucified, like where did that come from? A few minutes ago, he's hiding away. We need men and women in this time, 2024, that will stand up, speak up, for what is true, what is right. Yes, it needs to be done in love. It's always love in truth, but it must be truth. We can't just love people. That has to be coupled with truth. Jesus came with love and truth and we need both. We need both. We need to make a stand. I know I've shared this story, but I haven't shared it for many, many years. But when I was a teenager and I was invited around my friend's house to supposedly watch a video, a VHS video. Some of you young people won't even know what that is. We, couldn't, we didn't have Apple Pay. We didn't have all those flipping things. What is it? 
Apple TV, that's it. We didn't have all those things. We, we had to get a video, and, and, and I was led to believe we were going to be watching a video. And when I got there, I thought, this, is, this felt weird. It didn't feel like a, a, a video watching night. Everyone's being weird and stupid, and they're my friends. And, and I'm like, what's going on? They said, we've got some drugs. Now, this is going to seem tame to you because I know the world has changed a lot since I was a teenager, but we're talking marijuana, which is probably nothing now. But I, I, you'd understand, I lived a pretty sheltered life, and... I didn't know drugs existed in Adelaide. I thought drugs was an American thing. <laughs> I did. I'm like, what do you mean drugs? I'm like, what do you mean drugs? You mean like in Adelaide? And then, what, what, not just Adelaide, but in the very same house that I'm in. I tell you, something came over me that moment. Something shifted in me. I went from a guy who was, you know, life of the party, happy to be here, let's watch a video. I just went super mad. I got so mad that I found myself in the same room as a room with drugs. How did that happen? Where did did my life get to that I slipped, that I'm actually in the vicinity? And for nothing, is that what marijuana smells like? I'm like, wow. And I said, you guys, and I just, I just, I did a Peter. And I said, I don't need to know, I'm so mad. I was invited here under false pretenses. You said we'd be watching a video. I said, I'm happy to stay if we watch a video, but if you want to do your stupid drugs, I'm leaving now. Make a choice. And I was happy to leave. Because one thing I wasn't going to do is do drugs. And I felt this... I didn't have to use it, but I felt this superhuman strength come out. I thought, man, if anyone wants to fight me right now, I'm ready. <laughs> Thankfully, I wasn't put to the test. But the atmosphere changed. And I, I don't know what happened. It just kind of a bit blurry for me. But no drugs came out. And someone said, well, let's put the video on. And we watched the video. I can't even tell what video I saw. I was, in, I was just dazed. Like, what just happened? And we can all have stories like that. But it's not my boast. Here's my point. I entrusted myself to the Holy Spirit, what He wanted to do in my life. And I was as shocked as they were. They were shocked at me. I was as shocked at me. I had this out-of-body experience watching me do what I was doing. I went, look at you go. Look at you. The Holy Spirit wants to do that in us. He wants to give us greater courage. He not only wants to do that, He wants to give us greater clarity. The anointing brought them clarity. Acts chapter 2 verse 14, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. What did Peter do? He brought clarity. If there's ever a time in history we need clarity, it's right now. It's easy to mock. It's easy to ridicule. It's easy to come to the wrong conclusion. You're just drunk. Peter goes, no. Not drunk as you suppose. And then he takes him back to the Word of God. He says, This is that which was written thousands of years ago by the prophet Joel. It's the Holy Spirit coming upon his people. And he got real clear. He said, It's for the young and the old, men and women, rich and poor. There's no discriminator. If you're hungry, he will come. And that's true for you. 
And he says that it's for all his people. It's not just something that started and stopped 2,000 years ago. It's for all generations to come. They needed the Holy Spirit's power and anointing back then. We need it today. And it's available here right now to bring clarity. And we need clarity. I mean, sadly, we live in a world and I never thought we'd get here. When we started this church, I never thought we'd get here where men don't even have their men or women now. With all due respect to the mental torment and the confusion, but, and we need to be understanding it, but there's a lot of confusion. Morgan was telling me about a video that's out there where people went around the world and said, what's a man and a woman? They went to different nations, every nation just asked the question. And in most parts of the world, everyone said, well, they just went to the anatomy. Well, it's obvious. This is a woman and this is a man. Men have something that women don't. Like, it's just simple. That's in most parts of the world today. And they said, but what if the anatomy wasn't there and they wanted to be a woman? And most people just laughed. They just laughed. They couldn't comprehend it. Because we live in a world where media is pushing agenda. There's no clarity. I saw something on social media where there was this man who became a woman talking about how men need to be men. I'm like, what? Again, I'm not here to judge, but church, in love, we need to bring clarity. We need to bring conviction. That's what the anointing does. Number three, Acts chapter two, verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do to be saved? We can't build the church. We can't save our friends. We can't get this world to turn around and see what we know without the anointing. Wasn't Peter's great preaching? that led to 3,000 people coming to Jesus that day, it was the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the primary role of the Holy Spirit is to be the PR manager for Jesus. Everything He does is He points to Jesus. In my life, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. What He does when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling betrayed, when I'm feeling hurt, He comes as comforter. Thank God the Holy Spirit is comforter. I'm so grateful for His comfort. But He loves me so much, He never leaves me my comfort. Because He didn't come to make us comfortable. He came to comfort us. To get on with the job. And the second thing He always does is bring perspective. And the way He brings perspective is He always points me to Jesus. So if you're feeling betrayed, if I was feeling betrayed, say, yeah, that sucks. This is how the Holy Spirit speaks to me. So beautiful. Say, yeah, man, that sucks. Appreciate you hanging in there. It's horrible. Hurts. I get it. Comfort. But he says, you know what? Jesus was betrayed. And he takes me to Jesus every time. That's what he wants to do this morning. That's what he wants to do. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.